The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Neverland is brought to you by mypodcastreviews.com. Check our affiliate link right there in the show notes or on our website to go and join an account. If you happen to have a podcast and you want to see your reviews you get from around the world, from every different possible place that someone could be listening and reviewing your podcast, you need to create an account. It's very inexpensive, very affordable. Mypodcastreviews.com. They'll even help you create a link where people can review your podcast very easily that you can put right into your show notes. Once again, mypodcastreviews.com. All this has happened before. Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tom Kane, this is the voice of Yoda on Star Wars. Hey yo, it's Wopat, and a big yee-haw to you all. I used to be Luke Duke. Hi, my name is Oli Shoshan. I play Jedi Master Shakti. Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster. Hi, this is Jim. Hi, this is Bill Farmer. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast. Welcome to Neverland, to Disney and beyond. And it will all happen again. And now your head lost boy, the Spider Pan. Walk on the eyes of East Pan. Jeremy. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders, and sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think that happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland. Hi! As you heard in the intro, I'm Jeremy. I'm your Spider Pan. I'm your head lost boy here, and I have a lot of fun for you today. We're going to talk to voice actor Greg Berg, which you're probably going to know best from being Baby Fozzie in the original Muppet Babies. In fact, more than Fozzie, he was also Baby Scooter. And, of course, he's done a lot of other voices and video games and stuff like that. I had a fun conversation. And also, he's got some really good advice. I actually spoke with him for a while after I turned the mics off. Uh, Well, I guess the mic was on so I could talk online, but I stopped recording. (laughs) And uh, he had some really just useful things to say. He really likes to encourage people to pursue if this is what makes you happy. Like, you know, he wanted to talk mainly, of course, uh, getting into voiceover. If doing voiceover is what uh, is going to make you happy and you're not happy with where you're at, Go for it. Find a way to pursue what you go. And he gave me an awful lot of encouragement to, uh, with my radio career, kind of moving that along. Plus, I wouldn't mind doing a little voiceover work myself. And uh, I think I'm making a few connections. I'm, I'm starting to get to know a few people. And I've done a little bit of voiceover on another podcast where I did a, a radio drama thing on a, another show. So, you know, I, I need to, I think I need to step up my game and uh, go a little further on that. Because, I mean, I do love, of course, doing this podcast, and I do love working in radio, but I want more. So, I'm going to work harder at that. But uh, I do have the, the interview coming up. Before we get to that, I do want to cover a few things that, uh, that kind of happened in the news this week. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. So, this is neat. The Calgary Film Center is the location where they are shooting a new Fraggle Rock series. Now, the Jim Henson Company, this is all off of the uh, the CBC 
they say that Jim Henson Company says production has officially started in Calgary on a reboot of the original 1980s children's puppet series, which was filmed in Toronto. And uh, last April, a new U.S. shot U.S. shot limited series of shorts called Fraggle Rock Rock On debuted on Apple TV Plus with guests including Canadian singer Alanis Morissette. Now, I don't have Apple TV, so I didn't get a chance to take a look at that. But that does make me wonder if, uh, because I think Apple owns Fraggle Rock at this time. So I have a feeling this is only going to be able to be seen for those of you that have Apple TV. Which means me, um, I'm out of luck. Unless I go and I pay for yet another subscription to yet another service to have Apple TV. I was really kind of hoping that Disney Plus would get this, but uh, it seems Disney does not have the rights to Fraggle Rock right now. Another an exciting thing that's going to begin shooting here very, very soon here in April is The Mandalorian Season 3 is set to actually to begin filming here this April, according to the Daily Mail. Uh, while we're also talking about some stuff that uh, is fun, but yet uh, a little bit different... It seems we do have 200-plus employees coming back to outdoor dining services in downtown Disney. They've been recalled to come back to work, and even the Universal City Walk is expected to expand some offerings. So we have a lot of Disney employees that are going to get to come back. This is according to the Workers United Local 50 President Christopher Workers. He said 232 of his dining and beverage union members are being recalled in the first wave. Uh, now, the they had a stay-at-home order. Uh, throughout because of the the COVID, and so this is good. We're we're getting we're getting back to work. That's basically what it is. We're getting back to work. This is all from a story on the Hollywood Reporter, and it's nice to have some good news out there going along, uh, especially on a week that uh, you know Cloris Leachman passed away, uh, Dustin Diamond just passed away. Uh, so we've had some people passing away that I'm sure a lot of people are very very um, familiar with. Uh, but we also, this week, got to hear about some changes coming to the Jungle Cruise, uh, which is, it's partially exciting when, when new things are coming into the parks. But this isn't necessarily new things. This is more changes coming within the Jungle Cruise. And I have a video, if you visit the Neverland to Disney and Beyond YouTube channel, I kind of go on a bit of a rant on how Disney attractions are supposed to be founded on imagination, inspiration, and innovation. I mean, that was the Walt Disney way. He said the parks wouldn't be complete as long as there was imagination. But it seems now they've added the word insensitivity. And so insensitivity seems to be now the catalyst for causing change and new things at the park. And I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. So I, I'm going to leave that there. If you want more information on that or think I'm crazy, you can go to the video and you can comment and be civil to other people who might be commenting there as well. But that's kind of where I've been at. Um, but other things that happened this week, you know, I'm trying to move through things rather quickly because I want to get to this interview. It's quite a long, but uh, we did get a new trailer for uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, which gave us a little bit of hints of some of the story. The Neverland Trailer Park. All right, guys, remember what we're looking for, and don't trust anyone. Hey, baby, where are your parents? Hey, uh, who's baby? What? Really? A con baby? (laughs) 
impressive. We could use someone like you. Let's catch you up. My name is Raya. Our lands have been at war for as long as we can remember. Our people never see eye to eye. My daughter, I believe our people can come together again. But someone has to take the first step. Now, in order to restore peace, we must find the last dragon. I wish to join this fellowship of butt kickery. Let's go. We'll have to watch our backs. We're not the only ones looking. Six years of searching. Please let this be it. Oh, my DC suit. Who said that? We really need your help. Ah, I'm going to be real with you. I'm not like the best dragon. Have you ever done like a group project, but there's like that one kid who didn't pitch in as much, but still ended up with the same grade? Uh, we're doomed. You and the dragon are coming with me. Hmm, my sword here says we're not. The world's broken. You can't trust anyone. Maybe it's broken because you don't trust anyone. You just have to take the first step. Shape changed. Dragons can do that? Look how close my butt is to my head. It's gonna make digestion so much faster. In theaters or ordered on Disney Plus with Premier Access, March 5th. When I see the plot, it reminds me a lot. Now, I haven't watched the entire series, but that Nickelodeon series about Avatar and Last Airbender, and you have all these different kind of peoples in sort of a uh, sort of a Far East styled uh, world. And they're all, I guess, warring, except for, I guess, in that they're all warring against the Fire Nation or whatever. But they're, they need to unite everybody together against one sort of common foe or something. That's kind of what I feel like the plot of this is, except for there's there's a dragon involved. And the dragon's supposed to be the only one that can help unite everybody. And the dragon is, of course, not what you would expect the dragon to be. Uh, now, the original stuff we saw, it didn't seem like it was going to be this goofy. This looks very, very goofy and very, very silly. Uh, but you know what? That's good. That could be fun. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have a good time laughing at this. I think it's, I'm going to enjoy this movie. Uh, it looks kind of goofy. It's very neat and stylized. So I'm, I'm, I got some high hopes for this. That this is going to be a good Disney film. Will it be a great Disney film? I don't know, but it'll be a good Disney film. It looks a lot of like a lot of fun and some adventure. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll wait for that coming March 5th. I do still want to go see it in a theater instead of watching it on Disney Plus. So that is my plan. I want to get out to the theater because I want to go and have a good time because this looks like a good popcorn-style, just fun movie with some really kind of goofy characters. Okay, I want to do something real quick for you. I want to read one of the reviews that I have on this podcast, and it's a five-star review. It says, My favorite podcast. This podcast is very entertaining and informative. I have been consistently listening ever since I discovered it. Love what you do, Jeremy. Keep it up. And that was from Sea Dog Yo Yo. And where I am actually looking at this is on mypodcastreviews.com. I can look at every review I have for every podcast I run, like this and the Mighty Marvel Tunecast, which I really need to resurrect. Uh, but I can input whatever podcasts I need. And I can look at reviews that are gathered from everywhere that my podcast is playing. Anywhere that someone leaves a review, 
I can see where the, I can see all those reviews. It's very, very handy. It's a great service. MyPodcastReviews.com. It's very inexpensive for just a simple, basic package. For if you're having a podcast, you want to be able to get your reviews to help get people engaged. And and also, you know, I've, I've created a link and I've got it right here on the front page of NeverlandPodcast.com. I can actually put a thing on the front page that will update and show reviews. So I have reviews right now on my front page, and I have a link right there where someone could actually just click and very simply leave a review at another page. It's a, it's like a lovemypodcast.com slash Neverland. So, I mean, it's it's really simplified and taken a lot of steps out of obtaining reviews, getting a chance to look at the reviews, and being able to get more reviews. So I highly recommend it. They've sponsored this show. They've got affiliate links. If you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, you can find a big logo that says My Podcast Reviews. Click on that to go check out the site. Also, if you look in the show notes, which will be right there on your phone, you should be able to look at the website of where I've got everything, and you should be able to see a link for My Podcast Reviews. So do me a favor. Go and check them out following using my affiliate links, please, while you're there, because not only do you get a chance to get a great service, but you also are helping me out to keep this show running. So, now that that's out of the way, let's hear it for Mr. Greg Berg. To Disney and beyond! Alright, Neverlanders, so we have somebody fun and special to talk to that we haven't gotten to talk to before, so it's always fun when we have new people, but uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to recognize his... uh, his many voices, we'll just put it like that, many, many voices, and some of the voices are actually uh, so familiar that uh, you, uh, I don't know if you would call yourself a, a good spot-on mimic, or you know, I've seen some videos where they call it channeling, but uh, we have Mr. Greg Berg with us, so everybody, yay, in a very Muppet Kermit style, believe me, yay, because there's a reason for it to go Kermit. <laughs> yeah, it's me, the bear that tells the jokes, waka, waka, waka. Yes. <laughs> That is, of course, like the number one thing to me that you've done is being Baby Fozzie and, of course, Scooter. I didn't realize you were Scooter until I was looking it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those uh, opportunities I get being a multi-voice actor. Uh, depending age-wise and uh, genre-wise, people like uh, uh, know me from doing the Muppet Baby voices, uh, the animated Muppet Baby voices, now that there's a CGI one out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that's one crowd. And then the other crowd is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crowd that's uh, into the action uh, cartoons. Yeah, I saw that. And I remember back in the day hearing, like, occasionally a voice would be different in an episode. And I was like, well, what just happened here? But So you were like a uh, an alternate Donatello and Bebop. Yeah, uh, originally Barry Gordon was doing the voice, uh, and uh, he eventually became the president of the Screen Actors Guild. I understand that he had meetings to attend. Mm. So uh, these uh, cartoons at the time, they needed you right then uh, to to be as an uh, ensemble of people uh, showing up. I don't know if back then they did many recordings one by one. So they needed somebody to uh, cover for his voices. And uh, they told me, you know, I sounded like what they wanted. And uh, then they said, oh, by the way, you're also going to do Bebop's voice because he did that. And <laughs> so I worked with it and did that. Uh, uh, over the years, I guess they used alternate voices for some of the other turtles as well, yeah. for whatever reason. And uh, 
you know, again, being multi-voiced, uh, that's the fun of doing this work. <laughs> yeah. As many voices as you have, they'll use them all. Well, it's one of those things where uh, even, uh, well, I've been doing this about 38 years professionally now. I sit around and I might hear a voice. I mean, when I went to see Lord of the Rings, they had Gollum in there. Mm. And uh, since then, many Lord of the Rings fans uh, jumped on doing their imitation of Gollum. <laughs> even the guy who did his, uh, uh, had said uh, that some of the fans do the voice better than he did. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 while sitting in the theater watching the show, I, I just started to hear it. And I said, sure, I can't do that voice, sure. And uh, I, I would practice it while watching the movie and people around me kind of thought he was still talking in the movie. And uh, <laughs> that's when I knew I, I could uh, do that voice among things. Uh, so these voices come to me and I just try to find a place to play with them somewhere. <laughs> so were you always kind of just a natural mimic? You could hear a voice and just pick up on nuances and go from there. Yeah. Nobody ever said, Hey, can you talk like somebody? I think, once I was uh, playing around, listening to somebody uh, popular on TV, uh, and uh, and this is going back to one of my teens at high school, and uh, I think even before that I was imitating relatives. <laughs> and uh, since we lived in the uh, suburban area of Ohio, and the relatives would not show up as much uh, because we're far out in the woods there. Um, I would imitate one of their voices and uh, the family had thought somebody had just showed up. But that's when I kind of knew, okay, I've got something going here. Yeah. And then it eventually went into uh, uh, popular voices. So what was so some of your favorite, next, you know, what was some of your favorite cartoons when you were younger? Oh, I, I, I love Bugs Bunny and all that, but I would watch it just to understand what those type of cartoons uh, were about, like the different nuances and the different songs involved. And, and I'd, I'd understand that uh, they were popular songs at the time and they would incorporate them into a cartoon. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would just watch uh, watch that type of show. But I... I I guess I would be a fan of the Bugs Bunny cartoons and then uh, Huckleberry Hound and, and the Hanna-Barbera cartoons started coming out. I, yeah. I wasn't much into the action cartoons like the Johnny Quest or the r r real uh, people type of cartoons uh, because the characters stuck out in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wasn't as stern as, you know, I'd say, oh, I could do the father and Danny Quest or I could be Johnny's voice and all that. I never thought of saying just talking, uh, being uh, a, a talent. <laughs> I just said, I want to play with these voices and see if I can imitate them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was reading up somewhere so that you, you actually got to uh, learn with Dawes Butler. Among uh, people, sure. Uh, when I moved into the Hollywood area, uh at the time, not many young people were doing voices uh, for cartoons unless they were the little kid voices. But even then, <laughs> uh, most of the kids were in school, so they used uh, women to do some of the young uh, kid voices in yeah. cartoons. 
And so uh, there was a need for somebody good to, uh, uh, in a younger age, to do cartoons. So I went to all the schools that I could to study uh, with the best of the best. And Dawes definitely was. <laughs> and I mean, it depends who's listening right now, if they know the whole story with Dawes Butler, that he was all the major voices for the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would go to him to learn, but I never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd be uh, covering one of his characters eventually. Yeah, I saw that. Huckleberry Hound. I mean, <laughs> wow. Well, I, I well, there, he's called Young Huck because uh, he was a teenage young Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> uh, the uh, the studio at the time thought of, uh, I guess, because Muppet Babies came out, and then there was like uh, Disney Kids or uh, Warner Brother Tunes and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, Tiny Tunes and things. Uh, they were making their characters uh, younger, so uh, Hanna Barbera came up with the idea for this. Yo Yogi show where uh, Yogi Bear and the gang were all teenagers. So they sent out the word for who can do those main characters in the younger voice. I happened to land young Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> Luckily, I knew the nuances that yeah. uh, Dog would do with it. And uh, so I, I just channeled what I could from him. Yeah. I saw, you know, like dogs is like this, like the, the old Huckleberry Hound is just more like a laid back hound dog. <laughs> yeah. And with young Huckleberry Hound, they just kind of pepped him up a bit and did that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's actually some people I've heard that, uh, and I don't know if this is true or not, but Dawes Butler got some of his characterization for Huckleberry Hound from Andy Griffith. Hmm. I, I don't know who came first, and I don't recall whether he disputed it or just said it just happened to be a coincidence or what. Um, it is a North Carolina accent, yeah. and that's uh, what uh, uh, Andy had. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, even back then, I mean, so many cartoons may have been spinoffs of actual characters in yeah. TV shows. It's like Yogi Bear was from Yogi Berra, you know. So it's a it's flattery, you know, when you can when you can base a character off of a popular figure, you know. So mm-hmm. well, I, I don't know that side of the cartoon business. I just know the uh, when it comes to doing cartoons, people are interested in cartoon work. Uh, they present a picture of whatever character that they're looking to cast, and when they do that, uh, it reaches me if it's in my voice range and all that, because I certainly wouldn't do a Michael Clark Duncan voice. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I let the, the people that represent me know, you know, send me something mid to light voiced. And I, if it's in my range, I will do my best to make it into a character or to actually copy it if that's what they needed. Nice. And I've done a, a lot of that as well. I, being a voice talent, it's not just saying, oh, I do cartoons. Some people are like that, but uh, luckily, uh, branching out, I'm able to do voices for commercials, uh, movies, TV, and soundalikes, yeah. uh, video games. So the, the field is pretty much open, and I enjoy doing it so much that that's why I keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's surprising times some, when you find out like the different voice actors. Like I, I thought it was just so much fun how Katie Lee actually was the... Uh, 
the Maharaja in the Temple of Doom, which I had not put that together until she had told me about it. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Now I watch that movie every time. I'm like, I can hear it. <laughs> well, Katie Lee, yeah, she was also on Muppet Babies with yep. me as uh, Baby Ralph, mm-hmm. the dog. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I, I just don't know anything about how the casting process went where they said, let's uh, uh, just get the best voice to match Ralph as a young uh, dog. And uh, she nailed it. Yeah, she did. She said she was nervous because she had to do it with Jim Henson there. <laughs> so. Oh, well, well, lucky for her because I, I did it with the director and the producer there and had no idea what they were going for. But then uh, in the long run, I don't know if anybody else even knew the characters uh, that they were going into to try to uh, listen to. But if they studied them, they would have done their job. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get to meet Frank Oz? I certainly did, uh, out of an odd experience. Uh, I happened to go to Beverly Hills one afternoon. Uh, I believe I was there for a meeting. And after my meeting, I'm walking across the street with at least 10 other people coming in my direction, in the opposite direction. And there's a guy that looks like Frank Oz. And I just went, Frank Oz? And he went, yeah. (laughs) And I went, uh, yeah, uh, Frank, I'm... And then here we are in the middle of the street, just meeting and trying to talk to each other. And I was like, you know, this isn't a good place to stand. So, uh, <laughs> we were all went off to the corner there. And I, I, I don't know, you know, I'm still overwhelmed thinking of it because I, I had to, in a short time, explain to him, I'm doing your voice on a Muppet Baby show from the Muppet Babies from Muppet State Manhattan, you know, how do you say all that to him just to say, I'm an okay guy. I'm not a creep <laughs> off the street for stopping me here. And uh, so I basically just, you know, uh, was, was thrilled. I mean, because also it was going through my mind here. I am talking to Frank Oz and I'm on a um, Jim Henson show and everything. So, yeah, I was uh, really overwhelmed when I met him. <laughs> and then we met at uh, a party that they gave as well for the the show and uh, even got to take a photo opportunity with him holding the Fozzie Muppet. And uh, uh, that's probably on my uh, Facebook as my profile. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I hadn't looked at that profile pic really that much. I didn't see IMDb has they... a really weird picture and I can't I can even tell what it is. It's something from some video game or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, IMDb, I don't they make their choices as to what, because uh, uh, the one on IMDb is from uh, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, and I did a voice in that, and here I am working with Michael Bay, and yeah. that's another great opportunity, I appreciate it, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I do uh, for voices, I never know what I'm going to do next, so that's another good thing about this type of work, and uh why I do what I do. <laughs> yeah. Especially I even saw that you've done, actually speaking of Frank Oz, like a few other of his characters. Uh, I think Link Hargthrob I saw on the list. Again, uh, yeah. or, or Julius Strangepork. There he is. Yeah, Strangepork. But uh, they that even listened to you as voicing Yoda on Muppet Babies at one point. There was, and it was at a young uh, age of trying to capture something that had been pretty popular so i know uh, some other people can do it better or they were doing it better than myself for some of the star wars spinoffs 
but uh, they just happened to say, okay, we need Yoda, and that was Frank's voice, and since I come close to Frank's voice, when I do the characters, I got to uh, do it for that particular episode. So uh, I know some people have lists out there saying, oh, well, my favorite uh, voice of either Yoda or Fozzie there and all that was this guy or that guy, but uh, I'm out of the pool and I love doing it. If they didn't think I could do it, uh, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> but this is how I do what I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, the funny story is, and I actually have a video on my YouTube of this, uh, I recently at an antique store actually found when McDonald's did Muppet Babies toys, uh, I, I, I used to have a baby Fozzie when I was a kid, but I actually found a baby Fozzie that was completely still in its package. Uh, well, I went ahead and I took him out of the package because <laughs> I wanted to get him out. I'm like, it's a baby Fozzie. I had one when I was a kid. So. Now, was that the stuffed animal uh, that they uh, were selling? And then they also had the Happy Meal toys, too. Yeah. I have a collection from every time somebody gives me an item from the show or something that they made. I put a little tag on it to who, who gave it to me. And uh, uh, somebody sent me a Pez dispenser of Huckleberry <laughs> Hound, which nice. I don't think they made any items of uh, young Huck, but this was regular Huck, and yeah. it's still in the package, so it's uh, still uh, a nice collectible. Yeah, this is the it was the Happy Meal toy where it's the little he's got the rocking horse that he rides on, oh, and you can interchange yeah. him with the Kermit figure on a skateboard. So uh -huh. now, if I can yeah, find some yeah. of those other ones, <laughs> and well, I was, yeah. I, I was tempted to keep it in the bag, but I was like, I got to get it out. <laughs> wow. I'm 43 and I'll still get my toys out. I don't care. <laughs> well, then that explains why you know all about the, the Muppet Babies, because the show literally came out in 84, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that would mean you'd have to be about uh, you know, two through four to seven at that point. Let's see. Yeah. 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 It would have been, yeah, about seven years old in 84. Yeah. So yeah. I remember watching that, and I hadn't seen the Muppets Take Manhattan yet when that cartoon came on. So I mean, that was that was my introduction to Muppet Babies, and I had no idea actually they popped up in, in the Muppets Take Manhattan until that scene came up, and I was like, oh my gosh! And I was actually a little disappointed that in the Muppets Take Manhattan movie, when the Muppet Babies pop up, that they didn't have the same voices that I was used to in the cartoon. <laughs> oh right, right. Well, yeah, Muppets Muppets Take Manhattan is where it all started, mm -hmm. and. Uh... It was just a great opportunity to be part of uh, uh, the, the chain of command from there. Went to uh, an animated show. I mean, there was uh, some items that actually came out, or they, they never made the, the physical market. It was in, in uh, testing stages. But they came, uh, had myself and the cast come in, and do voices for a doll that would interact with the other dolls. Oh, fun! Uh, from the show, and they, you could have them like uh, across from each other in the room, and one would say, "You know, you ask him this question or something," and they, uh, then they would just converse with each other based on the chips that they were uh, installed with. But it never turned in. It is more like a Teddy Ruxpin type uh, yeah. Uh, doll. Yeah. So among things that are out there. Uh, I mean, I, I have a, a stack of uh, toys and dolls and pictures um, that I have, but uh, things that didn't come out. Uh, my, somebody even sent me uh, pampers with Muppet Babies on them. <laughs> so, uh, 
as I say, I, I, I'm not aware of everything, but uh, that was nice to see what they did with them at the time. And the thing- Another popular uh, collector item uh, from the show was the Muppet Babies record albums. We, we did two that I believe, uh, there were two record albums and then two cassettes that they went to. And oh for people who collect, you know, they'd say, we're, we're, we've got VHS videos. And then somebody said they had a DVD. And I said, but we never did DVDs. So if you have yeah. a DVD, I don't think it's anything we did. Uh, uh, there was a talking storybook that was part of it. But with the record albums themselves, they didn't make very many of them because uh, it was something to do with marketing. They wanted to see how many they would sell first. And they didn't order a lot of them. So if you have a Muppet Baby record album, I've seen some uh, on sale on online uh, that had been opened or whatever. I still have maybe two that have never been opened yet. Wow. And I, I put them up for sale sometimes uh, to see if anybody still has a record player that they want to <laughs> use it on or uh, just to collect. But uh those are some of the pricier items, things yeah. that we had out there for the show. Yeah, it's almost like everything about the show just disappeared because we didn't get an official DVD release. I was hopeful with Disney Plus that it was going to be on Disney Plus, but it hasn't shown up there. They've only got the the newer CG version. But I'm like, okay, I would sit and binge watch <laughs> all of those old cartoons if you'd ever put them on there. And we've only recently found out that they're finally going to have the entire Muppet Show all five seasons here in February, which... I, that, I'll be watching that for, for a few days. <laughs> How nice. Yeah, it's uh, another entity, but uh, very well done. And uh, I have no idea all the business that goes on to how you can get us to be seen. I, I know we even did a uh, Voices on a live stage show that uh, went around the country for a while. Oh, my um, goodness. So, yeah, it's little things along the way that I'm starting to remember now that uh, had been out there. But I I definitely know when somebody says, oh, I have a DVD of Mother Baby shows. Uh, we never did that. And it would be nice if Disney did come out with it because they own it now. Yeah. But whatever the uh, uh, reason is, there, there's maybe one or two other shows I understand they never made DVDs out of that they could have. Yeah, and sometimes it's like weird licensing and some crazy legal thing because like the old you know yeah. '90s Spider-Man mm-hmm. series was able to have a full official release in Europe, but they couldn't do an official release in the United States. So, yeah. well, see, that's why I do talent work, and those people do their business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's better to let somebody but else deal with that stuff. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like singers. Uh, you have some singers who play their own instruments and others that just sing. And uh, and uh, that's the way the entertainment goes with it. But you got me here talking, I don't know, I, I, whenever I give talks at schools or uh, for groups, uh, yeah, I, I kind of set a little thing up as to what we're going to talk about if uh, uh, people were interested to hear about what it takes to do cartoons or if they want to do cartoons and what they got to do or just things about myself. I just feel strange talking about all the stuff I've done, but uh, <laughs> there's so much more to come, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Uh, well, heck, one thing that I did want to uh, 
I wanted I wanted to hear it. I saw on uh, I think it was a, a Wikipedia page that you are a voice match for Robert De Niro. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, that was an interesting uh, situation. I uh, was called in again, asked if I can do a voice of a particular character, and they said they were going to run the movie Heat during uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, After the Super Bowl was over, they were going to go right into a Robert De Niro movie of Heat on the network. And they had to cut out all the uh, swear words (laughs) so it would still work on TV. And that was, from now that I hear about it, it was a one-time opportunity because uh, the director of the movie didn't like what they did to it, and Mm. uh, he wanted it probably here in full... Uh, uh, complete as he did uh, without the bleeps or the, the the cleaner version. So that's why I haven't seen any uh, rerun of it anywhere else. Hmm. But that, it, there was one year right after a Super Bowl they <laughs> ran Robert uh, uh, in heat and uh, I went in to do his voice in an audition first because there were about 10 or 15 of us trying to match what he was saying only with the cleaner version. And I came closest to him and that's how I got the role. Uh, So it had nothing to do with, Oh, I do a great Robert De Niro and all this. I said, this is what I do. This is what you like. And it matches. Uh, And it's more like this. And this is how (laughs) I did his voice anyway. Uh, Then uh, they they picked my voice as the closest match to it. So uh, aside from that, there have been other movies that I'm sure people have heard, as I say, I've been doing this 30 years. So there have been other movies that I slipped a voice here and there in and uh, TV shows like Who's the Boss? Uh, They did a Christmas show and uh, Tony Danza in the show is talking to a robot under the Christmas tree. Uh, saying goodnight everybody or something like that and then uh, he leaves the room and then the robot comes to life and says <laughs> uh, so the typical god bless us everyone <laughs> and the show fades out so how is the voice of that particular robot in that show so yeah uh, and I'm here doing this uh, still and you're meeting many people through interviews and all that uh, that have aspirations to do animation or yeah. uh, have different characters throughout their movie that they may need a voice for. And so I tell people that's what I do. And I love acting so much that uh, I talk about it uh, when asked. And maybe somebody would be interested in using my talents for something. Yeah. So. And I even see that you've done some work with radio, uh, working with Rick Dees, which is kind of fun for me because I actually work in morning radio as well. And I'm, who knows, maybe with my my, I'm 43, but I still sound like I'm 16. So I'm thinking, you know, some of the one of these days, somebody's going to hear my voice and think, can he act? Because he sounds what we need. <laughs> I would be an well, awesome voice for Spider Man. I think. <laughs> I still think, I mean, I've seen uh, 80-year-old uh, uh, talents doing voiceovers still, which there shouldn't be a limit. Uh, some people have talked about, oh, you know, you're not going to work uh, much after a certain age and all that. I, I don't go by that. I, I just say if the voice matches, then uh, uh, keep 
keep up with it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, some, some, sometimes some of the older people may get that little uh, uh, treble in their voice and uh, it shakes when they talk. So then they will have to uh, uh, replace them maybe uh, unless they make the character age more or whatever the reason is. But uh, doing voices or radio or any of that, uh, you can last a long time. And uh, I, I got into radio myself, actually, because uh, it was part of anything to do with voices uh it, it all goes back into the high school days when i uh met a radio uh, personality named jerry healy who came from scranton pennsylvania he moved to akron ohio to do a, a morning radio show there and he did two other characters in his own voice uh plus his own uh in this morning radio setup so it sounded like three people were doing the show <laughs> and I thought that was incredible. I said, uh, you know, first I thought, okay, there's three people doing the show. And then I met him and he invited me to watch the show one time in person. And, uh, there he was doing all the voices and that clicked in my mind saying, okay, so I do voices. I'm going to play with that. And maybe and here I am, my mother baby's doing two of the voices. So it all, really harks back to uh, him as one of my early uh, influencers. And, uh, but yeah, radio uh, came about and I started doing voices and uh, uh, Rick Dees heard me uh, when he came into town and said, he was doing a morning show and uh, wanted somebody who, who can do a comedic voice of some sort. So I said, uh, well, there were five people in the studio that he came to visit and introduced himself to. And some, so when he said, I need some voices for this morning show and different characters, uh, people stood up and said, well, I do Richard Nixon and maybe he could call you and all that. Well, it, it was the late seventies. So uh, there was not much of a uh, need for Nixon at that point. And <laughs> some of the other voices, other people did John, James Bond and things like that, probably. So I said, well, you know, I'm young. I was working at the comedy store as well. And I would get to flush out new voices or hear people who were up and coming. And so I, uh, I said, well, you know, I do John Travolta and he's on welcome back Cotter and everybody remembers him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he says, uh, give me a call and we'll work something out where, uh, I, I would call in and like, just talk about my everyday life and add a joke to it. And then it'd be a quick in and out kind of thing. And so I, I called him one day and then he says, call back again the next day or the same week and uh, it turned into a regular thing for about 20 years for me wow and it was uh mostly live uh so wherever i was at i would call in and he says oh how's it going today john and, uh, we called him john revolting <laughs> we couldn't say it was john travolta because uh just legal reasons and right. didn't really i i have no idea if people really believed it was john travolta but he just says, no, we got to change the name. So it sounded like something legal was going on. So we called him John Revolting. <laughs> and uh, even uh, after doing the character for a number of years, uh, I made it onto the Ripties record album called Hurt Me Baby, Make Me Write Bad Checks. <laughs> and there's a two or three minute uh, rant of me uh, going on and on about 
things I did for the day or something like that. And he included it in the album. It's Grammy nominated as well. <laughs> so uh, glad to be part of that. Just all these uh, fun stuff that come out of what I do. Uh, so yeah, like this John Revolzin character, maybe three times a week would call in and say things about what's going on in his life. Like uh, uh, here's one of the things we did was uh, I said, yeah, you know, like last night I, I, I was busy playing with my friends. We were playing Scrabble and then I found out I couldn't spell. So then we started playing Trivial Pursuit. And then I found out I don't know anything. <laughs> That's the way yeah, I kind of yeah. feel like when I play those games too. <laughs> well, it makes sense how people related to it, but yeah, they yeah. look forward to hearing that. And then Rick was one of the best uh, morning DJs. And uh, he, uh, he's not a DJ, he's a radio personality yeah. that uh, put this group of people together. And then he turned into a TV show. And he brought me on as another one of his characters that I would do. And uh, uh, so, yeah, all these fun little things that come out of uh, things I do. And I try to keep it as clean as I can, uh, trying to be like a Donny Osmond of voices. There but, you go. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> I've run into the, some of those evil uh, uh, either games or somebody with a show that says, oh, we're going to put a little spicy stuff in here. And... Uh, if anything, I know I can't even think of if I did anything along those lines because of my voices. I, I know I read a long time ago for G.I. Joe Ooh, when nice. they were uh, just starting. And I was supposed to be this uh, soldier that's like, beat him up, kill him, just slice his neck and all that. And uh, back then and even till now, when people hear me do those kind of uh, characters, they said, you sound too nice. Uh. <laughs> said, well, most of my characters have been talking bears and cuddly toys for kids. And, uh, you know, so if I have to be the nice guy, character, <laughs> but, yeah, a nice killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about one of the things for the people that. So for the people that like voices, I do. I mean, these days now, I'm uh, 38 years into it. Sorry if I keep repeating that. I'm just astounded by, uh, I've been doing it this long myself, that uh, uh, something's always opening up uh, for me to uh, explore with. So maybe they will uh, try to use me for a voice in another show being uh, I, I was a voice of an animal a killer alligator in uh, a movie uh i forget what the new uh i think the movie was renamed highway or something like this but these kids break into a zoo to to bother with the animals and i think they were in, intending to kidnap an alligator of some sort but this was like a killer alligator and i was the voice uh, gurgling sounds and they mixed it in with two other people as well of this alligator that the minute you would hear him kind of like the Jaws theme only you hear him gurgle and you know he's on his way. Oh my but, goodness. Uh, but yeah, that's probably, you know, it was fun, but it was evil. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I try to promote myself as a, a nice guy that wants to just play with, you know, family oriented entertainment. So, Anybody listening out there that uh, wonders what what they would get with me, that's kind of the fun stuff I do is uh, silly voices and imitations and 
voice replacements. Yeah. So I'm just talking to everybody out there that uh, is interested in what the voice business is about. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I would think would be a challenge because, you know, I, you know, I would dive into voice acting in, in a heartbeat if uh, given the right opportunity. And I would love to be able to do video games because I do love to play video games. But I'd, I'd want to be selective because I'm like you. I'd want to make sure that I, I would be voicing something that if, uh, you know, if there was kids in the room, I wouldn't feel guilty about what I was saying. You know, uh, and, and so many games now, it seems like most of the games come out are mature rated. And it's like, yes. Yeah, so, you, you got to go and track down and like work for Nintendo or something to find any games made that like, yeah, this is okay for everybody to play. Well, I don't know what the Pokemon uh, field is like. Uh, and then there are games out there like that for the even young uh, preschool kids. So I just have to find that group that is doing it. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm available for those uh uh, rougher voices, but again, uh, maybe I was, it's just the luck of the draw that the projects I get are all uh, family friendly kind of things because uh, I've read for many uh, uh, action kind of video games, but uh, uh, well, I was in something called, uh, oh, uh, well, it was Hitman 5 or something like that, which uh, played a tough cop and so whatever they imagined cops would be saying <laughs> plus they, they on the job there uh that was some rough stuff but uh i'd say 98 percent of everything else i've done were these cute and cuddly voices but that's what <laughs> i do i mean if, if we're talking about doing voices everybody uh go out there and do whatever you can and whatever sticks and uh follow through with it yeah, and don't let age be anything because you you could basically go to work in your pajamas now. And it's even speaking of the Hitman games, uh, I was actually watching. Uh, oh, they were doing some promotional stuff for you know because now they've rebooted the Hitman franchise, and uh, the guy mm-hmm. who's voicing the main character in that is an older guy who does this great mm-hmm. you know deep low voice and everything. Uh, so I mean, it's these guy. You know, as long as they keep making these Hitman games, the guy who's the voice of uh, Agent Forty Seven has, you know, as old as he is, he'll keep working. Well, from a celebrity standpoint, you also have Ed Asner, who's uh, yeah, you know, ninety-two, I'd say. Uh, but uh, I've never worked with him, but I mean, he, he's been at it for a very long time, and uh, I appreciate his work. Oh yeah. And, uh, People like him to follow, uh, doing up and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, have a career out there. And then you know, and, Ernest um, Borgnine and Tim Conway were doing regular voices on SpongeBob before they passed. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, so I I'm out there just keeping positive. I'm mean, telling that to people I meet and discuss the voice business with. I just say take away all those uh, blocks that are blocking you from pursuing it if you want to do it and have fun do it and uh that's why i was doing what i was doing i I, getting back to high school i mean thinking back that's when i really uh started feeling that i had something going uh because uh, in high school we did the morning announcements i was in a radio class in high school just learning the radio business and part of 
what the class got to do was do the morning announcements because we had to work equipment and we learned mm-hmm. how to do that and uh, work microphones and uh, learn how to talk on a microphone and everything. So in this particular school I went to, it was my first year there because I bounced around different high schools that had uh, other radio programs, but this was the best in the city. So I said, okay, I'm at the top of the uh, ranks here with uh, quality of uh, radio programming. They said, okay, so you kids get to do the morning announcements. Well, I tailored it to where uh, with that radio background and characters and all that, I would do the morning announcements in different voices of uh, popular people at the time. (laughs) So uh, when it came to doing the, the school sports where I would just say, okay, here's the morning announcements. And uh, with today's sports is Howard Cosell. And uh, he was big, <laughs> really big at the time doing the football games. Then. Yeah. So I would say, uh, and I went to North High School. So I was like, here's the latest from North High School. The North High School Vikings crushed the Hoban Knights last night in a game. You know, and, and it was going with that. And, and then I'd say, now for the uh, uh, school lunch menu for today. And I'd say, here's Julia Child, the uh, world-famous uh, cook. Oh, my time. goodness. And uh, so uh, I, I'd go into doing a Julia Child voice. And today we're going to have smashed beaver face. And uh, topped with uh, uh, crumbs of uh, otter. And, and the, it was the best thing for that school, I heard, because... They said for the first time, all the students never said anything during the announcements. They all stopped to hear it. (laughs) And after maybe three or four uh, weeks of doing that, like that, the principal came up to me and just said, "Uh, we're not going to do that silly stuff right now. Uh... (laughs) And so they let somebody else uh, do the typical, uh, hi, this is Mr. Composer, and we're going to do this. So... But they said, what is this? Who is that? You know, all that kind of thing. And it was the same guy doing all those voices and all that. So that's kind of when I got the attention and uh, uh, said, okay, take it to the next level. And people said, you know, you can get paid doing that. I said, where (laughs) did I go? And and that's how I got into this. (laughs) So what would you say is the best advice that you could give for somebody who wants to get paid to do this type of thing? I mean, definitely you've talked about, you know, setting and learning and know your stuff, know your microphones. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at right. now. You know, I've studied, I got my degree and I'm working in radio and uh, you definitely get a character even going in normal radio because there's definitely a difference between me here on the podcast and me when I switch over to news and weather that I do every morning up in Cameron. <laughs> uh, I'd say uh, because I, I have, uh, before this whole uh, uh, pandemic started, I was looking into giving speeches at uh, uh, places that they like to hear how to do what you, whatever it is you want to do, because I wasn't eliminating it to uh, doing voiceovers. I was uh, uh, trying to get word out because I'm, I, I was inspired by others as well, how to do whatever you want to do. And I said, okay, if that works for me, I'm going to tell everybody else how to do this. And uh, so I started to uh, look around uh, as to putting a, a thing together where I can go out and talk to people about this. Uh, so if I were to tell anybody anything, I said they can do whatever they want to do as long as it doesn't violate any laws, of, uh, the public laws or spiritual right. laws and that kind of thing. 
and they don't want to rub a bank in that. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, and and you can do it, and uh, keep your keep your focus, uh, be persistent, and uh, th- there's a lot more that I. I mean, this can turn into a half hour of talking about how to do what you do with examples of what I did. But that's what I was using. I said, if I could do this, you can do anything else that you want to do. Uh, because, like, you're not, unless you're going to build a rocket to go to the moon, then you have to get a little bit of this and that from all the different countries and the science uh, uh, knowledge and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like uh, if you want to be a dentist, <laughs> you go to a school. Then you get some training, and uh, eventually you're on your own doing it. So yep. it is simple. It shouldn't be too uh, complicated. Uh, it could be a long road because I can't tell you, oh, yeah, you'll be a famous sports person in so, so many weeks or months or years. But uh, you have to love what you do, and it will seem like you, uh, you, you're doing what you're doing without worrying. And I mean – I'm I'm the type that learned a long time ago, never worry and uh, get anxious uh, in a negative way about anything because there's good, good anxiety <laughs> where you're like, okay, this is going to be great. And you, you pump yourself up and all that stuff. And then uh, uh, you do the best you can at what you're doing. There you go. Makes sense to me. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I talked to so many people. I said, are you having fun doing what you're doing? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, what does you want to do? Then they tell me, I mean, this, this goes on, like, whether I go to a party or, or uh, just hanging out with people. And if I notice something, uh, I, I bring it up. I just say, uh, you know, this is what I'm about. I'm out there promoting positivity as to uh, doing what you want. And uh, because I want people to be happy doing what they're doing. Yeah. And then, of course, like the theme, getting back to Muppet Babies, it was dream for your inspiration. And uh, uh, that's that's our, that's basically, I think even Katie would agree, Katie Lee would say uh, that's a real inspiration to her. She, she had a dream to do voiceovers as well. And uh, especially maybe work for Jim Henson. Yeah. And uh I, I was in the same situation and here I was getting my dream. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's why I say, I, I love hearing those stories when people say they, they're doing what they're doing, doing because they love it. And right. uh, it's what they always wanted to do. And so why not? <laughs> Some people don't understand it. They just you know, have that, either that door never opened in their mind that uh, one day they can do that. And somebody, you know, blocked it for them. And I say, remove those blocks. Get out there. Love what you do and do what you love. <laughs> yeah, and as Walt Disney's attributed to being say, to saying is, if you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah, of course. That's all part of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and and again, in the theme song for Muppet Babies, Muppet Babies, we make our dreams come true. Yeah. That's really carried over or had been in part of my life uh, uh, once I, I I learned from somebody else who was doing something that they love doing. They said, you can be doing what you love doing too. What is it you love doing? I said, I love doing voices. 
whether it's an imitation of somebody, whether it's a sound coming in. Even in the movie Toy Story, I was the voice of the automatic doors that opened for Pizza Planet. Oh, and cool. <laughs> they, I don't know why it wasn't on the other two or three films whenever they used it. Um, maybe they, because I think they may have not known that I was that particular voice. They just gave me credit at the end as uh, <laughs> one of the many voices they used for different other toys and things like that. But I was uh, the voice that went, welcome to Pizza Planet. <laughs> and then uh, that's when uh, Buzz ran inside uh, after being at that gas station. Oh my but, goodness. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, all these little things that say, you got a voice, uh, hopefully think of me to do it. And uh, that's why I can keep at it. <laughs> yep. Well, we better wrap this up. So could you close us out as Fozzie? Uh, sure, uh, Fozzie Bear here, telling you how great it was to talk to you. And uh, thanks for watching Muppet Babies on uh, YouTube or wherever we're at. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Neverland to Disney and Beyond. And of course, I want to remind you to keep a pixie in your pocket. What do I mean by that? Well, that is that young at heart, positive thoughts that you're going to keep in your pocket and share it with other people. Pull out that pixie dust and share it. Make sure, of course, that you check our show notes right there in whatever app you're listening to. There's a way to find the show notes. Now, I don't know what app you're listening to, so I can't tell you the specifics, but go and check it out. Also, visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. Make sure that you leave us a nice review on whatever you're listening to, be it Apple or Google or Stitcher or just about anywhere. Leave us a nice review, and we appreciate that. And also, make sure you share the show with others because we like to bring other people into our community. And, of course... Make sure you visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast. We appreciate all of your help to keeping the magic alive here in Neverland. And, of course, if you're looking for a bit more fun, go search for us on YouTube, Neverland to Disney and Beyond. Until next week, like I said, keep a pixie in your pocket.